0: Hi, I'm Brett Fuller, and this is Your Fifteen. We want to continue our discussion on the ethnic groups that God has created, and His purpose in doing so, and, and what, it, what it means with His covenant, how it relates to the covenant that He established. Our passage is going to be taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1-11. through 11. The Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, verse 4, when you read you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which, verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for all the ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So that, verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul had the task of reaching out to the Gentiles. He was the Apostle specifically assigned to go reach him. Peter, James, John were all in Jerusalem for the most part caring for the church there and they had intermittent conversations and contact with the Gentile community but Paul was specifically supposed to go out and get them. Now the difference between the Jewish people to which James and John and Peter were assigned and the Gentile people were that Gentiles simply weren't Jewish. So that puts everybody in that category. Black folk, white folk, Asian, Gentiles were people who simply were not Jewish. Uh, but, but because they weren't Jewish, there was this sense of the Jewish believers, and remember the first church was primarily Jewish, there was this sense that, well, Jesus came as a Jew for Jews and he died for Jews. He he rose for Jews, and so he's supposed to save Jews. He's the Jewish Messiah. The problem was that when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach this gospel, the Jewish believers, having the mindset that I just stated, thought he meant go into all of the Jewish world and preach this gospel. So when you go into Rome, find the Jewish believers or Jewish people that are there and make them believers. When you go into Greece, find the Jewish people there and make them believers. But Jesus was trying to convey, I have a heart for the nations. I want all people to get this. Well, the church in Jerusalem just didn't get it very much at all. God had to drop it down in in Paul's soul that the Gentile believers were supposed to receive the gospel. Now, it's not that the Jewish believers didn't think the Gentiles could receive it. It's that they thought if they did receive it, they probably would be second-class Christians. This is why Peter states in Acts chapter 10 when Cornelius has all these people at his house and God tells Peter, I want you to go minister to them and he goes to minister to them and all of a sudden they get filled with the Holy Spirit while Peter is preaching the message and and, and they're all speaking in tongues and it's a supernatural moment And, and Peter looks at his companions and says, Well, I guess we can't prohibit those who have received the Holy Spirit just like us from baptism, can we? Meaning... They were probably going to. Baptism was one of those seals of being in the kingdom, being fully immersed into God's God's household. And they were probably going to keep them on the outside looking in, much as they had done with the physical temple where there was a court of the Gentiles and that the Gentiles couldn't go all the way and they were going to keep the other Gentile believers just on the outskirts of the full covenant, considering brothers but more like first cousins. And, and, and God had to reveal something to Paul to change the mindset of Jewish believers who would always consider Gentile believers as second class. And this is the mystery that was given to him. This mystery that had been hidden from all the ages, he said, I've been made a steward of this. And it's my job to make sure that the Gentiles and the Jews understand that God has had a plan from the beginning. This is not plan B. It's not because the Jewish believers didn't accept it all that God... Then decided, I'll go to the Gentile world. This is his plan from the beginning to bring the world back into order. That all of us were brought from Adam, and he's trying to complete all of us in Adam. Now, a second Adam, Christ Jesus. Recreated realities, people coming back together to show forth his glory in a multi dimensional and multi ethnic way. Oh! Paul got this, and he was passionate about it. All he wanted to do is to reach the Gentile community. Now, the beauty was this. Whenever he'd go someplace, he'd start in the synagogue, and he'd minister to the Jewish people because those were the folks who had the greatest foundation, the base from which he could, he could then present the gospel. And once some Jewish believers got established, he would then reach out to the Gentile believers, and then he would establish a congregation both of Jew and Gentile. Well, in Ephesus, this church to which he's writing, from the passage we read, they had some issues. They were trying to figure out, the Jewish believers, how do we really relate? Okay, we're we're in this thing together, but gosh, their culture's different. They don't eat the same stuff we eat. I mean, some of them, um, they like pork and, and lobster and shrimp and that's unclean to us. How do we deal with this? And so Paul had to deal with legal requirements that the Jews felt they were still under because of the law. And then he had to deal with the issues of food that was sacrificed to idols. And, and, and the, the, you know, a Gentile would put anything in his mouth. <laughs> it doesn't matter what, what the, 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 the nutritional value is. You just don't. Alligator. Even some Gentiles kind of turn their, 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 their lip up towards some of what Gentiles eat. So Paul had to deal with this. And so in chapter 2, he talks about how God has broken down the dividing wall and made the two into one. And that we got to figure out what that unity looks like, but it's our job to preserve it, to do what we can to preserve the unity of the spirit, and the bond of peace. He says first that we, meaning Gentiles, are fellow heirs, fellow heirs. Now, for most people, we we don't have a problem anymore with trying to figure out how the Gentiles need to be included in the body, because most of the church is not Gentile. The Jews in large part, have rejected much of the presentation of the gospel. Though when presented in an accurate way, many of them come to the knowledge of the truth, accurate and sympathetic way. But we, we've messed it up with our history and our, our characterization of the Jewish people. The church has really just blown it over and again, and we've got to fix that. We've got to reach out with compassion to those folk who happen to be the root. We're the branches. They were the root. God still cares about them. So we don't have much of a problem considering thinking about us being heirs as Gentiles because we think that we now are the church because it's mostly Gentiles. But we do have a problem when it comes to incorporating other people who are not like us. And so we we can take the example of what Paul shares here with respect to different cultures trying to relate and then superimpose it in our world. A white person is just as much of a fellow heir as me. I'm just as much of an heir as he. God calls us to be together. Together. And sadly, as Martin Luther King said, 11 o'clock is on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in, in, in America. Ought not be. Just ought not be. I've had the privilege of being in a predominantly white movement in America called Every Nation. And I say privilege because God has allowed me to, to, to not only be benefited by people who are different than me, but to benefit people who are different than me. And we have understood what it meant to be fellow heirs together, not just theologically, but practically. I've had to walk them through why statements like, Well, one of my best friends is black. It means nothing to me. You gain no credibility with me like that. What it means to say the wrong thing and how you relate, and how to be comfortable around people of color. It, it means a lot. To know that theologically I'm a fellow Arab, but to walk it out means even more. A fellow member of the body, I'm just as important as they and they are just as important as me. There is no distinction. Oh, we might have different functions. But, gosh, I, let's consider me, just for example, I might be the, 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 the left pinky toe. I'm, I'm probably not that important in the body of Christ, I got it. But I tell you what, when I go to the bathroom and not out of my bed and I stub my toe, All of my body goes down to my toe to try to figure out how I can comfort my toe. I start talking to my toe. Oh, toe, you're hurting so bad. I'm sorry. Ouch. I'm screaming. Toe didn't even have any ears. It can't talk. It can't listen. It can't do it. But I am concerned about my toe. All my attention goes to my toe. Sometimes we don't notice parts of the body until they're in pain. Sometimes we don't notice parts of the body until we need them. I'm a fellow member. They are a fellow member. And it's my job to notice them, to care for them when they're in need to fly to them when they need attention, to provide for them. When they hurt, I hurt. When I hurt, they hurt. My resources are theirs, theirs are mine. This is what it means to be fellow members of the body. We care for one another and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ. We get the privilege of partaking at the same level of all the promises of what the body ought to be. So the first one is a mystery revealed. Point two is a mystery proclaimed. He said that I am called to preach the unfathomable riches of Christ. Paul was called to proclaim it and that's what we're called to do, to preach it. I know it's hard for us to get what is unfathomable. It means it's beyond our reach. But we are are to continue to reach until we get as much as we can, until we breathe our last. The riches of God's goodness to a people that are poor spiritually. To reveal God's chosen administration and to make this mystery known. This mystery that he wants his people to be together. When I came here in 1982 to Washington DC, I said, God, if you ever give me the privilege of establishing a congregation, please don't let it look like me. I want it to look like heaven and he has privileged me to do so. Why? Why are we called to do this? So that the principalities and powers might quake. How do they quake? It says that this mystery is to be revealed through the church so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the principalities and powers and authorities in heavenly places. The word manifold there is beautiful. In the Greek it's the word polupoikolos. It really means many-colored. It is the same word that is used in the Septuagint which is the Greek version of the New Testament to describe Joseph's coat of many many colors that was given to him by his father. So Paul is saying this, there is a many-colored revelation of God that needs to be proclaimed to the principalities and powers it be. The beauty is when I come into my congregation every Sunday, a message is preached to the principalities and powers before I ever say a word. Because a many-colored revelation is coming into the house Asians, Latinos, black folk, white folk, fellowshipping together around the same promises, understanding that they are members of the body together, partaking of the inheritance that God has given us, and enjoying the fact that we are not blurring the lines, but we are accenting the lines so that we can all grow together in what it means to be a diverse people. Oh, we love it. And every Sunday we proclaim it. We proclaim it not just for an hour on Sunday. We proclaim it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday as we hold one another deeply in our hearts, caring for the white brother who has no experience like I have and me caring and and them caring for me who have, they have no experience like I have. It is absolutely vital that we understand what it means to practically be related and the, the spiritual authority and impact we have whenever we join together the heavenlies quake. The principalities hate it because they've done everything they possibly can to try to separate us from one another, to try to divide us from one another. If he can keep us hating one another, then the world will never see what God intended from the beginning. But if if we start loving one another, Jesus said everybody will know that we are his disciples. There's a testimony that needs to be given. There's a sound that needs to come from the church. There is, a, there is a, a, a witness that we need to display that goes beyond just window dressing but real relationships. People that care for one another will walk out their lives with one another. I've had the privilege of walking with, with this predominantly white movement for 30 years. The names have changed in terms of the group I'm with, the mission has shifted a little bit but the the people haven't and we have enjoyed one another's company. We've given one another probably enough opportunity to say bye. We've hurt one another. We've had reason to go someplace else and all of us could have had our own little world that we built. But we decided that this was most important because we want to tell Not only the principalities and powers that are in heavenly places, but we want to tell the principalities and powers that are on earth, this is one place where it works, the church. This has been Your 15.